Heartbreak. Wobble. Despair. Let down. Choke. These are words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl. From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your host, Robert Tate and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Well, hello, Atlanta sports fans. How are you? It's been a while, but we're excited to be here on a Sunday evening out here at GDI, Granite Digital, uh, Digital, Granite Digital Imaging, in Marietta, Georgia. And uh, we're excited to be doing this episode because, as you uh, could probably tell, we haven't been putting out a lot of material lately. Really not any material as far as podcasting goes. We've been on Twitter and Facebook. But it's not because we haven't wanted to. Again, uh, it's not easy starting a podcast. And uh, so we've been trying to rack our brains and go, hey, what should we do? How can we make this possible? Everyone knows the commissioner here is a uh, restaurant manager. He is the restaurant manager. And that is not an easy job. Not these days. Slightly time consuming time-consuming, and you, and you can think you have Monday off to do a podcast, and then somebody can call and go, hey, you got to come into work, or so-and-so didn't show up, or you think you're going to get off in time to do a podcast, and somebody doesn't show up, and that's just how it goes in the restaurant biz. Uh, when you're the, the lead dog, sometimes you have to stay, but again, too, I had to start working a little more. Uh, my girlfriend uh, left her job at Amazon, so we lost health insurance, so I've had to pick up more shifts at Publix, and Anyway, that's beside the point. So I was laying in bed the other night, and I texted Mark, and I said, here, I've been thinking about this idea. And what it was is, you know, we've on the show before have talked about doing a live show eventually. And I said, well, you know, as far as getting content and and making this thing happen, what if we did a three-hour live show on Fridays, Friday nights? And then we took that material. If you don't see the live show or catch it on YouTube, we chopped that up. We put out episodes the next week. And we haven't run it up the Believe flagpole yet, but I think they're going to go for it. And I think for right now, it's what's going to work best for us. But enough of that. Well, this is a sports podcast, and, and that's why we're here tonight, to, to talk some sports a little bit. Just a little, just so you know. Just so you know, we've, we've worked a plan so far. It's in the early stages, but we're, we're coming. We, uh, we have two candidates, I think, to because uh, uh, we've also decided we needed a third person to help us out. And obviously, you guys can't see in here, but there's three cameras, there's a screen, there's a little command center, and we need somebody to help us make the live show a thing. And plus, we uh, want to throw in some, some cool stuff to you guys can interact with. Uh, I'm going to look into like getting a, like a Google phone number or something for you guys you could call in, and we're going to have like some games. We don't have any prizes because we're broke. We can't give you tickets. We can't give you T-shirts. Uh, you can just tune in and enjoy our company for a few hours on a Friday night if you want to, or you know, Saturday morning. Either you know, you can watch whenever you want. But I think the most important thing we got to talk about today is the heat. This is the first day this summer that I've gone outside and like it was just hanging on me. Like I'm sweating just now. Feel like, like you're walking through it. Let my dog out twice, and I'm seriously sat on the steps to watch him go out front and just sweat. But there's only one thing hotter than Georgia right now, and that's the Atlanta Braves. Good God Almighty. Ooh, doggy. I believe uh, in the month of June they went 21-4. and four. They didn't lose a series. Uh, 61 home runs. Yeah, they are uh, just dialed in. And, of course, that's, that's you know, we are now uh, statistically officially the best team in baseball. We have surpassed the Devil Rays as the best team in baseball. But – the only thing, and, and you guys know if you follow baseball closely or, or you've been following for a while, that a lot of times the best team does not win the big enchilada. And, I'm not, you know, it does happen. It can happen. 
that teams, you know, they're just good. I mean, good Lord, almost all of our starters are going to the All-Star game to start or be a reserve. I think we've got Olsen, Albies, Arcia is going to start, Acuna is going to start, Riley is uh, on the on the uh, reserve roster. Sean Murphy is going to start. Like, it's nuts. But I think the biggest thing for me is, is surprising is how we've been able to do it with pitching because we've had our, our big guys out. You know, Soroka had a good game the other night as a little confidence booster, and they put up a ton of runs for him. <laughs> here's, here's a 16-burger. Yeah. Go out there and have fun, kid. So good to see him get back. He got roughed up. I think it was against the Reds, I think, coming back, and they sent him back down to the minors. And I guess, you know, in that short time, he got it all figured out. But Almost threw a no-hitter in the minors. Yeah, it was just good to see him go out and pitch and, and leave the game healthy, and, and he'll be back. And, and Freed's already started his long toss program. Cal Wright's getting pretty close. So I, I'm just wondering, you know, could we slump off a little in July? This may be cool off a little. And then, you know, at the end of July, early August, we start getting our uh, big arms back. And then we kind of do what we did in 21, and we just kind of catch catch a little hot streak and roll in the playoffs because I am worried. Uh, I, I will say we are – and we've said this before, and they keep topping us. But I think this year um, – and I said this to my buddy yesterday. He was a Marlins fan. I, I took him down to the game to watch him uh, get beat. But uh, I told him this before. I said, once again, I think we're seeing one of the greatest Braves teams we've ever seen ever fielded I mean they're the offensive numbers I mean Acuna he might he might hit 40 and still 60 uh I don't know if he did it but I saw some stat the other day that that said he was the first player or was could be the first player to have 50 uh no it was 50 still on bases I can't remember but it's before the all-star break 30 30 before the all-star yeah I think it's 30 yeah I, but I don't know if he got the stolen bases but I know he's got the he's got the home runs for sure um that man it's it's absolutely wild to think because, and you were talking about how the the best team in baseball doesn't generally win. I don't. The Braves are doing it so different right now. So like you, I, we we both assumed with pitching being what pitching was that it was going to be a, a a bit of a struggle to get through, and then the bats started coming around, and then they really started coming around, and then people mm-hmm. started being uh start stopped being upset with Marcelo Zuna because his bat came around in oh, a yeah. big way. And then, and and Murphy is the guy that, like, he's as advertised. He's more than what we thought we were getting. And then somehow or another, every single night in the month of June, save four, seven out of the nine batters on our team were well above worth a shit. Oh, yeah. And we, but, but it just, it's carried everything. Um, The pitching hasn't like necessarily let us down at all, but we were producing so many runs that it's almost irrelevant. But you don't you don't see stuff like that happening all the time because pitchers are going down left and right across the major league right now. They're just they're dropping like flies. I think this is most Tommy John surgeries scheduled in the history of Major League Baseball. Should be some wealthy doctors. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and this is before this is in a year before the All Star break. Um but yeah, man, so so cool. And Acuna, good lord, well, the conversations that were at the end of last year, where people were talking about him being a prima donna, and and making the comparisons to Trey Young about how they're young and immature and yada yada yada, and that dude just said, "Hold my beer, I got you guys." Yeah, definitely putting together uh, an MVP season, like without question, like he is the lead MVP candidate. I think he was the lead all-star vote getter, but it it just goes to show you that, you know, we've gone on here before on this show and talked about how poorly we think of of some of our fan base. And it just goes to show you that everybody hated Marcelo Zuna. Even I was saying maybe it's time to part ways, but the guy came around and, and I haven't checked it lately, but at one point he was toting a higher batting average than Matt Olson. And Rosario, I mean, he went crazy. I think the guy hit like five home runs in five nights, and he's looking like 2021 Eddie. I don't think left field is an issue. You know, uh, all the hot takes you see on uh, on the internet are saying, you know, we we, got, we don't. I mean, what problems? It, it, it's working for now. Uh, but how much of a genius does Anthopolis look letting Dansby Swanson get out of Atlanta? Oh, man. R.C. is batting over 300. I mean, he's cooled off a little. He was batting like 333, but he's still batting over 300. The team itself, I mean, I didn't I didn't think Kevin Pillar was going to be good. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I, he's a major leaguer. Let's not, you know, let's not mistake that he's a poor ball player because he plays professional baseball. But I didn't think he was going to be doing what he did. Even when Michael Harris went down, you know, they plugged the hole in center field just fine. It's like, it's like everybody's having just a great year. And I think a lot of it too. I, I told my buddy yesterday, I said, it's, it's snit, man. It's the whole organization from top to bottom. And, you know, for some reason, the Mets thought they could just buy a championship this is the greatest Metting ever of all time. Like I'm, I'm loving this shit. It's it, what are they? 19 games out. They have the most bloated payroll. They have $86 million tied up in two 40 plus year old arms. We've got six or seven guys, the, 74 million. The, be, the best part is they're, they're, they're tying it into Pete Alonzo running his mouth. Yeah. All well, the stats you see are tied into him running his mouth. See, uh, ever since that game, ever since he said that, the Mets have gone 6-15. and 15 And and I, can, I think, I'm going to, uh, was it Sal Lacana? Is that the guy last year that said it was over? You know, I, I think I can say now, I won't pull a Sal, the Mets are done for this season. They're not going to come back from 19 games back to, to get a wild card or win the division. They're, they're toast. And here's the thing. I just don't think they have the, uh, the right chemistry in the clubhouse, man. The Braves are, and they've always kind of been this way, but they've always, you know, too been very businesslike. But right now they're playing free and loose. Everybody's competent. Everybody's hugging each other in the dugout. Every you know, Everybody loves, and they, they talk about it all the time. You know, Snickers a player's manager. He's a player's coach. And it's the perfect mix, I think, of Anthopolis with his analytics and kind of, you know, Snit being that old school guy, and he's starting to mix it in some there. But everybody's just jiving on the same page, and it's a great time to be an Atlanta fan, except – you can, I mean, you can get tickets, but this Marlins game, it's just an old Marlins game, you know, in July. Nothing, no implications here. The Marlins are in second. They would have liked to have win, but it was sold out. And not just like a couple days before. I remember texting my buddy and being like, hey, man, let's go watch the Marlins and the Braves. You're a Miami guy. Let's go down there and watch it. This was months ago. I picked this game out. It was sold out then. It's just insane. And I'm just digging it, though, because just watching the money pile up. Sellout after sellout after sellout, people, and, and you know, with the battery being down there now, everybody's eating and drinking and, and buying shirts and hats, and I just see all the money, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to be able to sustain this for quite some time, and I, and I don't think we're done by any stretch of the imagination. Will the Braves win the World Series this year? If they can do what they do now, I don't see anybody stopping them, especially getting some of those arms back, but it's... uh, You were there. You just saw it. Like, the vibe... Mm-hmm. The vibe at Truist is just it's it's one of relaxation and, and happiness. It's 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 a great place to watch a ball game. It's yeah, it's so cool. That's the thing, though. It just stinks that there's a uh, uh, everybody's like this, you know, where uh, because the Braves are as good as they are now, it's cool. But let them slide a little bit and finish second or third and. Uh, and I'll still go because I, I think it's great even when they stink. But it's uh it, it's just crazy sometimes. I sit around and I think how good the Braves are, how good they have been. And I just, you know, as a kid, I was like, I'll never see the Braves be any good. They're just going to stink forever. I just never, in my wildest dreams, would you have told me, hey, man, by the time you're 45, you're going to watch your favorite baseball team win two championships. <laughs> no, they're not. Not a chance. Not in Atlanta. No. But, you know, hey, stranger, here we are. Here we are. Stranger things are happening. Uh, and, and we were talking yesterday, and I said, if we could just get the Hawks to a finals, I would be, I would be fine. Like, they don't even have to win it. I just Because the Falcons have been to a Super Bowl. The, the Braves have been to many, many, many World Series. Uh, so the, the United have their title. The Braves have their titles. Falcons have been to two Super Bowls, but we just can't get the Hawks over the hump. They've been to some conference finals before. Man. And, you know, speaking of the Hawks, uh, making some moves, not a lot of moves, but that John Collins trade that gets bantered about so much every season, it finally happened. They send him to the Jazz. We get Rudy Gay, who you said you liked as a, uh, a, a clubhouse guy, a veteran presence. You know, maybe he can help out. But I'm just it's, curious to see what they're going to do moving forward. It really has to be. Uh, for me, man, I, there's so much stuff coming out now, and I try – I try to give the benefit of the doubt where I can, but the front office just seems to be just full of question marks nowadays. Yeah. And, you know, it, it came along when we are talking about uh, Wrestler's Kid 
and you you're like, ah oh, man, <laughs> no way, right? No way this can be real. And and now you you get stories of you know having a deal on the table involving John Collins two years ago that would have got the Hawks DeAndre Ayton. And I'm I, I just you hear stuff like that now and you're like, oh God. And like these are probably the things that are part of the reason why Travis Slink is not your GM anymore and why Landry Fields is your GM right now. And then you're like, well, shit, well, if this was happening and that's why the that guy left and this guy is probably just in there because he'll say yes to whatever happens. And now I'm just, man, I'm not worried. I'm still, I'm still flying high on, on Braves and I'm flying high on, on Bulldogs. And I am just over the freaking moon about what the, the Falcons can be. So I'm not, it's not crushing my, my, my sports. Your sports vibe right now. It's not, (laughs) It's not killing it, but I'm looking at it and like, God, man, this is uh, like, what what are we doing if we're trading if we're trading John Collins now for for peanuts? I know I know you're doing this for money. You're you're moving him for Rudy Gay and a second round draft pick because you're going to free up cap space. What are you going to do with the cap space? Is this a, a part of a bigger plan that you have working where you want to go get somebody else? Now all those things make sense to me. However. Now I'm I'm going back and I'm I'm reevaluating other moves like trading Kevin Herter for for nothing and just to get rid of some money and really really messing really messing with the fabric of the team by getting rid of him because they all they all built it together and they were all together and now you're I'm just looking at what we have on this lineup and and taking Collins out and putting Gay in. And even with the rookies that we got, you know, Buffkin, and we just traded uh, our second-round draft pick for Ty Ty Washington, and uh, I don't want to butcher the other guy's name, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to say it, but we got a, a backup point guard that played ball at Kentucky from Houston. And then we also got a small forward that is uh, uh, supposed to be very, very well-versed in defense. Um, but you see the little moves that are happening right now. And then you, you still have the question mark about uh, DeJounte Murray. And you look at what Tyrese Halliburton just signed a contract for, and you know, next year that, that he's coming around the corner and he's going to get his payday next year. So are you, are you shopping him right now to try to get uh, a different asset or are you going to make any moves in free agency? Because a lot of the big name free agents that are out there that you think could have been like good pieces on the team and, and, you know, even the casual fan seeing some of these names come off the board and they're like, oh, they probably would have, that could have helped the Hawks. Um, and, and I'm looking at it wondering, like, why aren't we trying to do this? And I know it's a it's a money issue, which also calls into question everything that, you know, the, the wrestlers, um, what is their plan? That we're, we're putting butts in the seats, you're making money, you you said you were good going into luxury tax uh, to compete for a championship. You quickly showed everybody that you were going to do whatever you could to stay underneath it, which by saying that thing and then doing that thing, you just told everybody you didn't think we were competing for a championship. So that's just a weird, it's, there's a lot of weird things happening right now and I'm not going to jump to conclusions because we're not there yet. But I'm I'm also like really wondering like if if this keeps up like we we will lose Trey Young Trey Young yeah. will leave and go somewhere else we uh, I mean I, I saw somebody propose a trade the other day that would send Trey Young to Minnesota for Anthony Edwards and while part of me was like oh well I do love Anthony Edwards Anthony Edwards did play ball at Georgia that would be really cool and then Dejounte Murray could play point guard and we could have Ant at the two and you know, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, this, this is the craziest conversation to be having with myself. First of all, Minnesota's not doing that. Second of all, like, why? I, I don't know where we are. That we're in, we're in basketball limbo right now. And I know the draft just happened and free agency just started, and there's still time to make things happen. But it, it seems right now that I'm going to have to just trust Quinn Snyder and see what Quinn can do. But again, now we also have now we have stories popping up that Quinn's upset that he was misled by by the ownership and um, by the front office uh, about how we're handling things. 
and you're I, I don't know what else we're gonna hear about it, but I that's just a, a recipe for disaster. If you get a you get a coach halfway through a season with the expectation of, of going into the off season and, and in the off season while moves are starting to be made, now he's getting frustrated. Those are all those are all red flags I don't like to see. I, I think it could be, and again, this is pure speculation on my end, uh, from what I watch and you know, little blurbs I pick up about the Hawks. I think it might be uh, in that front office, maybe like a too many cooks are spoiling the pot. Uh, everybody wants to put their two cents in, and I think maybe people aren't being allowed to do their job. <clears throat> and I think I don't know Tony Wrestler. I don't know how he got his money. I don't know who he is. I don't know what he does. I know he's married to Jamie Gertz, who was a Spanks. big actor in the eighties. Is that where he got his money from? She did. Oh, she did. She invented those? I did not know that she invented Spanx. Uh, so, and I, I just wonder, is it a case of, hey, I'm a big basketball fan. I would like to own a franchise. But just because you like basketball and you have the money to, to buy a franchise doesn't mean you know how to run it. And also, I, I wonder, is he that owner that's like, you know, like a Jerry Jones type? Like, he, you know, he's going back and kind of, you know, undermining people maybe, or like maybe at one point Schlink said something, but then wrestler would come in. And then, like you said, there was a whole thing about his son was getting to play GM because he's 27. And so it's just a whole bunch of miscommunication and, and misdirection. And when you've got that going on in your front office, it's going to show on the court. Like you, like, like you look at the Braves. The reason why they're doing so well is because from top to bottom, that organization, even the guy that washes the socks is happy. Everybody's happy. You know, everybody talks about the contracts, but, again, we don't have to talk about it too much, but nobody put a gun to anybody's head. Uh, the guys just wanted to play baseball. They just they loved where they were at. They said, sure, I'll sign. So we're, we're, it's just a great situation. So I think that's what's going on with the Hawks. I think there's just too many people just, I don't know, like trying to call the shots or wanting to call the shots or maybe undoing what the other guy did. And, like, again – here we are. We have a, a a guy that came in midseason, just about in, in Quinn Snyder, and and you know it's not his team. Uh, I, I'm sure he he was probably a big proponent of getting Rudy Gay here because that's where Snyder came from. So maybe he sees something. Well, he probably pull, he probably helped negotiate all that stuff. If, yeah. the, if the move was to, and, and I'm not I'm not surprised by the move to get rid of John Collins because he isn't he is very expensive for what we're getting out of him, but. At the same time, you look across the league, and there's a lot of players making a lot of money that don't necessarily that don't play ever. Like nine minutes, yeah, they I, get, and they're I mean, making millions and millions and millions and millions and millions. It's D crazy. Dylan Brooks just signed with the Houston Rockets for uh, what four years, eighty million dollars. He's making ten times as much as Russell Westbrook, and that's just a travesty. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's just man, it's just it's weird. It's just it's it's a weird thing. It seems like they're being like real, like eh, I don't know if I want to spend that kind of money. Um, but it, in order in order to do what you want to do, in order to get the type of player that you want in here, and you either have to you have to make these trades, and if these trades aren't happening, like you have to, I I don't, I don't know what you're gonna do if you're you're gonna fire sell the team and get nothing back. Uh, then people are going to question even more when you had the opportunity of get to get real players in here and nothing against Rudy Gay. Love the dude played at UConn. He, uh, he's just, he's just older. He's, he's older. He's an older role player. And we got a guy, we traded a guy that has been starting for us. So, and, and who knows, maybe, maybe that was an easy move for the Hawks. Maybe the, the work they've seen from Jalen Johnson in the off season, maybe that's, that's, what pushed them over the edge and made it easy for them to to dump the salary because they see something in him, and and I hope that's true. I hope the young guys that we have are are coming along, um, and are going to make an impact this year. But at the same time, now we're now now we're showing you the exact same lineup as last year, minus John Collins plus Rudy Gay, and I don't I don't know who uh, what fans look at that and are like, oh okay, good. No, well now we're going to be competitive. Yeah, I don't. I would have to think they're not done. They can't be. Right? Um, so we, only time will tell with that. But, the, uh, but long story short, when it comes to Atlanta Hawks, they're not on the same page. It just doesn't seem like anybody's on the same page and everybody's, like I said, is getting misinformation. or Like even in the news, it's, you hear the, all the different things going on and you're wondering, like, well, 
Well, you're not hearing a lot from you're not hearing a lot of stuff direct from source either. So that's that's the other part. Like how much how much can I put into what they're reporting and nobody from the organization is speaking about it. Maybe it's just maybe it's just not true. Maybe we're just getting all this information and getting riled up for no reason. But at the same time, when it's the only information you're getting, then that's that's what you hear. Um, but hopefully, hopefully it's just a part of a bigger plan. They're they're all working very diligently to get that that fixed. They keep dropping the name uh, Pascal Siakam from the Raptors as somebody that we're possibly trying to go get. I don't, man, I don't know what's going on in Toronto. I they're I I just saw somewhere that they're they're looking for ten first round draft picks for OG Anubi, which is holy shit. Ten. No one's ever going to make that trade. There's not an owner in the entire league that's going to give you ten first round picks. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody. None, none of it. Dumb. None of it makes. None of it makes a lot of sense. The NBA is just like the wild, wild west right now. And like this, I don't know if you. I, I don't know if you are even the least bit interested in in watching the draft. I can promise you, I probably would not have watched any of it minus just watching uh, Wimbyanya get drafted. I, that probably would have been the only thing I tuned in for, but I was at work, so I got to watch it, and it was just, it's not the NBA draft that I remember. It's not, it wasn't fun. It was just a lot of, literally, just a lot of, like, filler video, and it yeah. just, it, it's insane. And it went to almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, I don't think, uh, the NBA is not its best versions of itself. And we I've said that for a long time, and you said that as well. The game has changed, you know, the load management, all that stuff. It's just, I don't think it's, I'm not saying these guys aren't remarkable athletes, but I don't think the level of play is as good anymore as it used to because everybody in the league is like 20 years old. They're coming straight out of high school or one year of college, you know, and it, I, I just don't. I feel like if they spent more time in college, they're going to be better basketball players. So now what you're getting is a raw, undeveloped kid that you're putting out on the floor and giving him all this money. So and you got to and I guess in, on one hand you could say it's cool to watch them develop, but I think I would rather have. I guess here's what I could say: I don't think there are as many NBA ready players out there as people think there are. That's a very that's a very fair statement. I think a lot of kids are getting drafted into the NBA on the hopes of. I mean, he could be good. We we think he could be good. One look, but how he's it, seventeen, so who knows? Look how it progresses too. You're you're looking at in like your your biggest fear as I'm sure an organization and maybe not fear is not the right <coughs> word, but like as a fan, you you don't want to draft the guy with insane upside, get him to where he's finally good, and then just not be able to afford what he's going to cost because it took him his entire rookie deal. To, to produce for you. And then now now you have to make the decision, do I give him all the money and hope that he's where we think he is? Yep. Or do we trade him at his max unknown value, which you see quite often um that they're using trade piece as trade pieces and I man, it's just it's weird. It's a weird game. Yeah. Well, for me, I just I just have the fever. Because the Braves are doing what they're doing, and they're playing a lot of winning baseball, and it looks like the Falcons are going to have a breakthrough season. You know, in Arthur Smith's third year, looks like we got some good young talent, and, and you know, new defensive coordinator, new attitude, all that. Ritter's going to get to start, you know, for a whole season, you know, barring any injuries or anything. But so, and, and then you just see the Hawks, and and the Hawks have put out some talent. They've had some good teams, but. All in all, in the history of the Hawks organization, mediocre at best. Sure. As good as we've always been. And I remember you jokingly, uh, and maybe not jokingly, but somewhat, you, you said it with a, 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 what's the kind of, I don't know, you're the word, Smith, a, uh, a lighthearted tone, I'll say. But I said, why can't we get top-tier NBA talent in Atlanta? Why can't we put a great team on the, on the court and do what these, you know, the Braves have done and the Falcons have, have these good teams over the years? Like, why can't the Falcons or the Hawks do it? And you're like, side chicks and baby mamas. You know, they're all in Atlanta, so they don't want to come here. But who knows? That could be a thing. That, that, but, was, that was OG uh, That was OG podcasting days. Yeah, that was the, the state of sports. Uh, but so that, I just wonder, like, is it the front office? You know, is there something, if there really is, I'm going to ask that question. Is there something about Atlanta other than, you know, that remark that, that players don't want to come here? Do they not think that ownership will spend or 
they just don't believe in the in the franchise. I just you know because how many great I mean great Pete Maravich played for the Hawks. He was a great NBA player. Dominique Doc Rivers. So that we've had some talent you know come through, but I can't I can't point out any one Atlanta Hawk that was just this you know great talent. You're like a Magic Johnson or a Michael Jordan or a, or a Harden or a. I mean, a, Dom, Dominique is is spoken <clears throat> in those terms, but and and Pistol Pete just different era. But yeah, yeah, really. Other than them, you don't have anybody in the in the all time greats conversation. I mean, you have you have your guys that Joe Johnson was here for a while. Joe Johnson was amazing. Al Horford. We don't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about Al. Al's turned into kind of a dick in Boston. Um, I mean, he's in Boston. There's a lot of dicks up yeah, in Boston. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I understand why he turned, but, man, I, I, but that's another thing. You, you, hear, you hear what um, his wife and, and everybody had to say about the, the fans in Atlanta, and, and we, we've asked that question multiple times across multiple podcasts. Like, does that have an actual effect on bringing people here. I read a weird article about how uh, agents were telling their clients to steer clear of Atlanta because of Atlanta's depth. And and I'm like, we're, we're talking about getting, you're getting traded. Do you think people are trading for you to be third on the depth chart? Like what? And, you know, that, that could go to a slow news day. That could go to a lot of things. But that, I don't know. It just kind of stuck with me and bugged me like, why would you? So you think Atlanta's a, a deep team? It's got a lot of young talent, and you wouldn't, you don't think your client should go there because of why? It's a terrible message to send. Like, hey, don't go there. It's too hard. You probably you might not play. How about hey, you can go to Atlanta, put your time in, get in the gym, yeah, but work the, out. But we're talking about know? like somebody that's being sought after. If Atlanta's coming to trade for you, we're either we're either dumping something and you're coming back. Or, or we want you to come play ball for us. So it, it, it was a weird – that's why it was weird because it didn't make any sense to me why anybody would say that. But then the silver lining thing for me is like, oh, they think our, we have a deep team. They think we're deep at a, at a couple of positions. And uh, I, cool. I mean, that's, that's good to know. I, I hope that that plays out. And listen, Quinn's a savant. He's a basketball savant. So I'm just hoping that, like, hey, Trey Young – his social media, he hasn't been, he hasn't, he, he hasn't said anything one way or another, but he just seems like his attitude and demeanor on social media seems like we're working on something. Seems like he's excited about the direction of the team. And that's, that's a positive because you could, you could tell. And unfortunately now you, you have to gauge how people are doing on social media and stuff like that, or try to figure out, read the tea leaves based on posts and, and whatever they're doing. But he, um, I don't know. I, when I read what he's writing now compared to when, you know, Nate was here and like during that whole tumultuous period, uh, what I'm seeing now is like, all right, well, like if he's invigorated and excited and ready to go and, uh, hopefully the rest of the team is, and this John Collins thing, um, hopefully that is, it's gotta be a part of a bigger move. It just has to be. Um, or, or even if it's not like a bigger move, it was to free up some money to bring other pieces in because other than that, I, I feel like it, it's the only thing different is going to be the coach. And if the coach can take the team minus John Collins and plus Rudy Gay and do better than, then awesome. But well, I think everybody's uh, expecting more. Yeah. But then like you were saying earlier, like you have to ask the question, like what is going on? Like, Quinn Snyder's been here less than a year. God, what, he's been in town? Four months, maybe? Five months? And now you're already telling me that there's reports that maybe he's not happy? Yeah. And maybe he was misled? So it's like, good Lord, man. Like, really? Already? With the drama? But that's what what it is now. And you see, I I don't know if you've you've seen all the stuff um, about Georgia and AJC and stuff like that that they're doing, but, like, that's that's where we're at with, with media now. We're... It's it's all clickbait. That's oh yeah. It, that's the but that's the crazy part though. So when I don't when I'm not hearing people like interviewing, um, like actual coaches and, and talking to the staff and like obviously you're gonna get some coach speaking. You're not gonna get the the total truth on interviews on the radio and stuff like that. But but actually hearing them talk, you can you can 
get something from that more so than a bunch of random articles that aren't citing facts that aren't telling you like I spoke to Quinn Snyder and Quinn Snyder told me I'm hearing rumblings that doesn't yeah. really do it for me but all it does is make me antsy about the fact that it could be true and that's why I wanted to get into podcasting in this type of media because I do like my sports I do follow sports but, you know, every time, no matter where you go, 24-7, barstool, wherever, they ask the dumbest questions because they can't think of anything. Because, listen, sometimes I would be sitting around and be like, I might text Mark, but I was like, uh, I don't really have much to say. I don't, I, there's not a lot going on, and I will never uh, be that person that's going to sit in here and just make up a question to ask just to get people talking, just to – you know, like, like oh, oh, it's it's danger in left field in Atlanta. No, we, you know, we. But that's um, the thing. You but, and I, I think we're really good at throwing out hypotheticals. <coughs> like, yeah. is this a possible scenario that's happening? And ask the question rather than going, oh, it looks like it looks like there's a real big problem here because mm-hmm. this happened. Looks like this is going to be a problem. I could already tell. It looks like Marcelo Zuna slept with Ronald Acuna's girlfriend. Yeah. The way they looked at each other in the dugout, I'm pretty sure there's something going on there. Oh, there's always those little sleazy baseball reporters, man. I mean, it goes all the way back to when Mickey and, and uh, Roger were doing their thing, and everybody's like, oh, they hate each other, and they're like, no, we don't. And that one little wormy reporter was always trying to, you know, stir the create pot. Create friction, stir there's the always pot, pot yeah. stirs. There was always those little media guys that, that just create, like to create drama where there, where there isn't. And that's the number one killer, man, for, for teams. You get drama in there, forget about winning. And especially now, it's it's so in your face now as compared to, you know, back in the day. I mean, imagine <laughs> imagine what what all the the Bulls drama would have been back then with all the social media. If this oh, yeah. is if all the stuff coming out now is all like how they all felt back then, imagine what social media would have done. It, it was not easy to play with Michael Jordan. Everybody knows that. I mean, he could be downright just mean to you but just sometimes. A, but just imagine if you could just go into the locker room and tweet about it afterwards. Yeah. Him hurt yeah. my feelings. Didn't have that back in the day. Well, and again, we, we could go on and on and on about the NBA and, and, and my uh, how I feel about it because that load management is the dumbest thing ever. Like, if you're making $10 million a year, you're not skipping any games. Like, just play. Like, But it's not even 10 anymore. You know what I mean? This, oh, it's 15, 20, 30, you know, just the m- amount of money be I just told you Dylan Brooks is making 80 mil over 4 years with the Houston Rockets who have like a, just a, a a great young core and 80 million for that he guy. He will probably spend most of the game in his uh tracksuit pants. I, in his warm-ups, you know. We'll see. <laughs> I, and who knows, like man, may, maybe he'll be great, maybe it'll be money well spent, but I'm just saying for the amount, this is the amount of money these guys are getting paid, and then you want to talk about load management. You want to talk about the the, the broken-hearted kids who don't get to go to, don't have season tickets and, and show up just to see you play, and they show up just because they they, they wanted to see John ja Morant play. But, you, but he don't play on Wednesdays. But ja, and John ja, ja Morant you know? is either load <laughs> managing or he waved his gun in a IG Live video. And now he's not there, or he, I mean, even even Trey Young, like he's some some of those games that he missed, um, you know, were questioned, and they were very few and far between. And, but nobody questions the guys who are on. I, I mean, you look at like the like the Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George. How often do they play together? Like they they're yeah. on the same team together, so one of them can burden the load while the other one. Takes a day off. Yeah, chills on the bench. It seemed at times last season, too, and even the season before that, there were definitely times within the season where Trey didn't look like he was having fun. He didn't seem like he was enjoying the season at all. So that's another big one, too. But, you know, uh, again, the only thing I've seen or heard uh, lately is the Rudy Gay trade. So we're just going to have to sit back and wait and and see what happens. But I think the biggest thing everybody is starting to to buzz about is because uh, it's July. And that means football is right around the corner. They're going to be doing summer drills and, and summer practices, and the Falcons are going to get back after it. And uh, I, I, I didn't go off on him, but I got salty with him. because uh, So we get an Uber down to the game because, you know, we were having beers. And the guy was a Florida fan, and he goes, well, uh, 
you know, you Georgia people, y'all just got here. And I was like, hey, wait, 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 wait. Because let's go back 25 years. You want to go back 25 years? The last 25 years of Georgia and Florida football. How many titles does Florida have? Three. Georgia's got two. In the last 25 years, who has the better record? Georgia does. By a long shot. By a, 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 a good margin. So, and it, but I also said, too, I said, well, first of all, you say act like we've been here before. Well, we haven't since the 80s. Us Georgia fans have never seen – I mean, we've seen a lot of winning football, but we've never seen a national title. So now we finally got ours, and everybody's mad. And I just, I, I just told him, I said, don't stop with the we just got here. Georgia has been one of the best football programs in the nation, like I just said, for 25 years or longer. Winning football every year, 11-2, and two, 10, you know, 10 and 2, whatever. Going to bowl games. You know, I think we've been to – God, I think, I, I think in that time we've got 9 or 10 SEC uh, East uh, crowns. We've been to like 7 or 8 SEC championship games. We've got a couple of SEC championships. And I, it just amazes me. I just want to be like, do you even – I mean, tell me, tell me you don't watch football without telling me you don't watch football. Right. To say that Georgia's just now got here, no – They've always been there, and the, the problem is just the glass ceiling. They couldn't grab the brass ring, and now they did it. And it sure looks like, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, Bobo was good when he was here as offensive coordinator. I, I, uh, I'm a little worried. New quarterback, new system, because I know they wouldn't just try to run the old offense. You know, now that Munkin's gone, they're not and just they, going to, you know. They said it. They've already said it, that that's not what it is. So, and again – Hadn't been done since Minnesota did it in the 30s, which was in a different era of football. Nobody's ever went back to back to back. So it's going to be tough. People got to stay healthy. You know, the ball's got to bounce your way. So many things have to happen. But you would have to think, I don't know if anybody else, but they're the odds, odds on favorite to do it. And we've all, you know, we've all talked about how the address at Reliance Stadium is Kirby Drive and this and that and other. And I, I just don't know, man. As much as I would love to see it, because when I would sit around and think about, you know, God, when we finally get Mark Richt out of here and we get Kirby Smart in here, like, man, what if Georgia just rips off like four or five in a row? What if they just do something stupid? That, that was I daydream, daydreamed about. So, and I told somebody yesterday, I was talking to a guy, we went to Burn and had a cigar down there, and he overheard us. So he wandered over and got in our sports conversation. And I said, listen, I'll tell the both of you, and I'm a buddy Lee. You know, he's all Miami. He's 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 from there, so he's a Marlins Heat. You know, Florida Panthers, all that stuff. Uh, I don't remember who this guy's team was, but it wasn't Georgia. But I looked at them both and I said, "Hey, if the Georgia does what they think they can do this year and what people think they can do, nobody ever gets to talk shit to me again, ever, ever." And he goes, "Oh yeah," and I said, "Look, if anybody," I said, "After this season, if it goes the way that we want it to go, and it goes the way that you know everybody seems like Georgia's in the driver's seat, you know, they're they're the odds-on favorite." If anybody ever after that talks shit to me, I'm just going to hold up three fingers and not say a word. We won it three in a row. The only ones that ever do it, so shut the fuck up. And I, I really want to tell people that now, like even now that they've won back-to-back. It's like, there's nothing else you can say now. Georgia's in that same rarefied air as Alabama with the wins and the winning and the bowl games and the championships. Obviously, Alabama has way, way more. But we're there now, and I think we're going to stay there for a long time, and I don't think we see Alabama, like, bounce back. I think what we have saw is the changing of the guard. I'm not saying Alabama's not going to be good and compete every year, but those, those years of just absolute – like, if you had 100 bucks in your pocket, put it on Alabama. used to be, you know, lead pipe lock. That was it. But now I think we're just seeing the changing of the guard. Georgia's going to get all the, all the great, uh, you know – blue chip prospects and, and all the all the shine and everything. And I just my, think that's where we're at now. My favorite my favorite thing to talk about is I, I, I never in my never in my life thought I was gonna see <coughs> Alabama hitting up Georgia players in the transfer portal. No. Uh and, and that's the other thing too. Like all these Bama fans are like, well, you know, it's good thing Saban taught Kirby how to coach and I was like, hey, 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 hey Stop that right there, right now. I even tweeted this a while back. I said, listen, Nick Saban would not have hired Kirby Smart if he was not a good football coach. I said, Sonny Smart, maybe, just maybe, taught Kirby a little bit about football growing up because his dad's a high school football coach. He was a really good one. So I said, he, now, I'm sure Saban improved him and he learned some things. But I said, of course. He was already a good coach. Saban taught him how to be a great administrator and a great leader because, Winner. see, Kirby Smart is not a coach. 
he's a CEO of an organization. He, he I, I, I would honestly say I don't think Kirby coaches all that much. He's a good facilitator, and he he's, he delegates, and you know, but I don't, and he runs practice, but he's probably not doing a whole lot of coaching. He shakes a lot of hands and goes to a lot of brunches and and other stuff, and and because he is the face, he's bigger than the president. He's the most important man in that whole organization, mm-hmm. the entire University of Georgia. He is the most important person on campus, probably the richest by a country mile, but that's what Saban taught him how to do. Saban, you know, so, um, and I just think we're, we're about to see what we saw at Alabama, a, a good 12, 14 years of Georgia just dominating people. And I'm. It, just, it never gets old to hear that. That just sounds so, so fantastic to think about. And, but I, I agree with you wholeheartedly about that. I mean, it used to be the, you know, I could argue with you all day, but if, you know, you're an Alabama fan, and I'm a Georgia fan. Before Georgia won a national championship, like I, I don't have an argument about the rings and the titles, and any of that stuff. And and you actually kept us from a couple of them. Yeah. So I I had to I had to stop. Now I don't. Now I don't have to listen to that anymore. I don't. But you know, I do. It, it's a it's a respect thing. Alabama gets, you know, their due respect, but. Uh, I actually had some some people in the restaurant the other day, and I was talking to him, and the um, guy and his lady were there, and both wearing Georgia stuff, and he was like, "She's actually from Baton Rouge when she's not when she's not a, a Georgia Bulldog loving uh, wife of mine." Is I think it, how he said it, Georgia Bulldog loving wife of mine. She also roots for them Cajuns. And I was like, all right. So we got to the conversation, and she started off on uh, Nick Saban, how he, you know, she loved him when he was at LSU, and then ever since couldn't stand him while he was at at Alabama. Um, but it was, yeah, man, it was just, it was really weird to to think about how after we won and we beat Alabama, and I was telling her, like, that the confidence that came out of Alabama was so – it it was like it was a business it was a like mm-hmm. a well-oiled machine run like a business and Nick Saban took those press conferences like he was a CEO and then yeah. he lost to Georgia in the national championship and then all of a sudden he started saying things like well this was a rebuilding year and then he started letting people get under his skin in interviews and that's where you and I started talking about like man uh, something something yeah. ain't right over there slips like, hanging nick yeah it's uh it's <laughs> It's a little, it's a little awkward, and then you, and then that's where that actually got me into the conversation of you know, transfer portal. They're taking guys from Georgia over there now. We uh, we're, we're boat boats full in Athens, and if 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 you're not helping, you can you can jump and swim to Tuscaloosa if you want to. Yeah. Appar- apparently, they got room for you over there. Um. So man, it's just a it, it's just a cool feeling. Like I don't I don't. I'm not going to say I felt like inadequate in, in sports conversations with fans of other teams because that's not not what it is. But, like, I've never got the feeling of, like, well, yeah, we just rattled off two national championships. So, like, what's up? Like, yeah, it was a, It's like our intro, all the, all the things we say, you know, heartache, frustration, like all that stuff because that's what made it worse is because we weren't bad. We were really good. Even those Braves teams in the 90s, it broke our hearts so much. They, they were really good. We just couldn't just uh, – just in Georgia football, all of it, you just couldn't quite get almost, ow, you know. So now to finally do it, it's like, oh, my God, thank you. I did not want to live to be 90 in a world where I had to keep listening to and watching other programs pass us by. Yep. And knowing we had the talent and the coaching and, and we're just as good as they are, but we just there was always something. And then that stupid little uh, – I think that gun is long gone. It's still, it's, it's still hanging around the university somewhere, but that pistol they used to pull out and shoot themselves in the foot, that thing's a little rusty these days, you know, because that was, that was the worst part. It's like, Jesus, man, if not for that, you know, this would have happened. So I think Kirby keeps the, the weapon and the ammunition in separate places now. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a safety lock and, and all that, but – so that was that was that sums up being a Georgia fan right there. It's just knowing you had the talent. God, just talk about all the talent that has come through this university, especially at the tailback position. But mm-hmm. you know, in, anywhere, and and you see 
all these guys in the NFL, and it's like, damn, they just could never put it together. And they finally have, and they finally did. And, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season as much as anybody. I think I'm going to try to do Knoxville, Old Miss, and Athens, and then actually Bean, our, our good friend Bean and her husband, are going to be up here for the South Carolina game. And she says they're doing their family tailgate, which it's a, it's usually a pretty fun time. They get, they get out the, the music and the grills and they, they have a, like a tailgate trailer. They pack all their shit up in. So, uh, I think I might hit three this year. I'm going to try anyway, but, uh, I'm just excited as anybody. I, I'm going to be nervous. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try not to put them under a microscope, you know, and, and be too overly critical, but it's just so hard to think about. Like, could we, I guess it's just because I feel like we've already tempted the, uh, our fate enough, but like winning two, you know, I was like, okay, just good with two. Like we don't have to worry about three. We we just went back to back. That doesn't happen very often in college football. So let's just be good with that. Cause it's just so, I mean, how, you know, how long can sooner or later your luck's got to run out? You know, you can't just be undefeated for years and years at a time. You know, even Alabama, the, some of those old miss games that they played and, and those LSU games. So somebody's going to sneak up sooner or later. You don't have to go undefeated, obviously, to win the national title of college football. But I just think, man, and like Kirby says, you got to find a new reason every year. Like, what's your motivation? And I think they have all the motivation in the world. But, man, it's just – it's once you get up on top, it's hard to stay there. Oh, and yeah. I think Nick knows that, too. I think Nick Saban, as much as he may not admit it, he's 71. He's been doing this a long time. He's got grandkids. He's got the wife at home. Everybody knows about Miss Jerry. Um, and, and he may deny it, but like, as you start to get into your seventies, it's like, you know, you, you, you maybe start to lose that competitive edge a little bit. You've been doing this a long time and tired and, and, and it used to be at Alabama. And this is another thing they're, they're experiencing now is used to be a coach left and you just put another one in there and they have not had good luck with some of their coaching choices. Uh, I, I think Alabama last year I don't want to say a poorly coached team, but they did not do a good a job as they, they could have or or maybe even should have. And, hey, Tommy Rees is a big question mark for me at offensive coordinator. I mean, he was at Notre Dame, but I don't know. Is he a, is he a guy that can come in and be successful under Saban? Because let's not, let's not pretend like he's an easy person to work for because he is most decidedly not. No, and, and all, the people, all the people that have had that position prior, like – your your name and your resume mm-hmm. sticks out in comparison, and I'm sure you know. I'm sure Kirby's not always a joy to be around. That's <laughs> a you know that's a, a people don't realize it either. Like it's a high stress position. You know, you're you're, uh, you're you're paid millions and millions of dollars, and you and your program are responsible for getting the boosters in there and raising money and 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 all that. So to to have that stress, man, is like, hey, if I don't win, I'm gone. Or if I don't win, so and so is not going to give us, uh, you know, that five million we needed to finish out the the new facility or whatever. So, I don't. I, I think people don't realize that how stressful that that can be. You're you're managing what is in essence a Fortune five hundred company. Mm-hmm. This is and let's not make no mistake. Now with NIL, more than ever, college football is. It, this is a business. It's not a sport. It, uh, and I even think they're licensed as like entertainment. Uh, I know the NFL is. Their license is entertainment. So. Uh, that's what it's turning into. It's it's not just about hey, you're good. You can come here and get a good education. No, now it's a it's a machine, and that's when, and you got to know how to run the machine. And and Kirby learned that from the best. And I'm glad. I, I don't I'm not bitter about that. I don't feel any certain type of way. Thanks, Nick Saban. Thank you. But Bama fans need to stop acting like they gifted us something. Uh, that's one thing I know. Now, not all of them, but there are some that are like, oh yeah, well you, you owe it all to us. If not for Nick Saban, Georgia wouldn't be there we're at. Now, that's BS, and I ain't buying it. But, you know, it's a good time to be a Georgia sports fan. It's a good time to have your own uh, Georgia sports podcast. And we have that. We've just been inconsistent. Let's let's be real. Let's not uh, – but it hasn't been because we haven't wanted to. I've never once wanted to call Mark and say, hey, I just don't want to do this anymore. I've never once thought about, I'll just scrap it. I don't have time. If anything, I was just kind of annoyed yep. because it's just like, and it's just, you know, you, you, you think you have the time and then something happens or you want to make the time. And cause I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. There are some times where I'm like, ah, I don't want to drive all the way out there today. Now that hasn't v- happened very often, I, but I'm being truthful with you. There are times where I'm like, even today, you know, I, I went out and had beers with my buddy and I wasn't feeling great. But I nursed one on the couch and you called and we're like, hey man, if we don't do this, we're going to go see Indiana Jones. And I almost, 
almost was like, you know what? But I said, no, because uh, I don't mind talking about this now. On, on Monday nights now, uh, I go see a therapist. It, well, it's on you know Zoom. She uh, she used to live here, but she lives in Oregon now. Because I wanted to experience some personal growth, and I felt like, uh, and I've said for years, everybody could use some good time with a therapist. Uh, and it's been great. There, I, I didn't want to jump off a building. I wasn't depressed. I just thought there were some things in my life. Sometimes your past rings a bell, and things you thought you put to bed kind of creep back in. So anyway, I got that going. You know, so Monday nights can't do a podcast from seven to eight. I'm in I'm in therapy. And I, I work in the morning, so we don't need to be here at 10 o'clock at night, you know, running a podcast. You're probably working on Monday anyway. So, yeah, it's just not it's, – it's not for lack of wanting. And, and again, you know, uh, we still – you know, we still got our Facebook page. Uh, we just hit 950 on Twitter. That's that's respectable, you know. But uh, I think – I really do believe this new format. Uh, I think we just probably have found our sweet spot with this because this way we have one, you know, Friday night – get in here. We got the whole week to plan. Then you get your episodes next week. And I'm excited just about being live. I just want to see how many people may actually tune in, but man, we're just, and we wanted to come in and, and crank one out and, and get it out there and let you know. And if you're still listening, thank you. I know we haven't put out new material, but starting a podcast when you're middle age is, is hard, especially when you have, uh, no money. You know, again, we, uh, we came down here on a Sunday night. We're sitting here for free and we have uh, a couple of great guys we know that are, let us use their studio and, we're just really chomping at the bit. But our, our original producer, uh, she did say that she's like, guys, this could take three years. We hadn't even hit year one yet. So I'm just letting you know, uh, we're, we are here. We're, we're alive. Uh, we are still watching Georgia sports. We're still sometimes a little bitter and a little salty when it comes to our teams. Uh, I will say this, though. I'm in a much better place about our fandom because uh, I, I finally was just like, you know what? I, I, can't, I can't save the mouth breathers. That was my that was my mission. When you know this as well mm-hmm. as anybody, when we started, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip them. I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach them how to fan properly. I'm gonna teach them that it's a 165 game season. It's or 162 games, and you know this can happen and that can happen. And and just because a guy goes 0 for three doesn't mean we have to bench him. And blah 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 blah. And I said, you know what? I can't. There's no talking sense to them. It's not gonna work. So. That ship has sailed. I hope maybe we can get some converts, and I hope that you know they they listen to this show and they start to see that oh yeah okay, I've been going about this all wrong. Like it takes time for players to get turned around. It takes time for players to get heated up, or you know just because uh, you love Kevin Durant doesn't mean he should come play in Atlanta. Like you know like you have to think about these things. Like you just don't go get a bunch of good players, a la the Mets. Mm-hmm. And just throw them in a pot and, and think you have instant success. Uh, by the way, too, this just popped into my head, this random thought. Yesterday was Bobby Bonilla Day. Yep. We had another Bobby Bonilla Day yesterday. He got like a little over $1.2 million from the Mets, and he gets like six hundred and seventy-five k from the Orioles. So uh, Just that July 1st sprinkles on their Metting cupcake. Yep, and he sends, uh, I'm sure he sends his agent a, a bottle of something good to drink and a cigar or at least a phone call because what a deal. And, but he's not alone. Uh, I think Rick Camp, who, who, who passed away several years ago, his family just finally received the last payment from the Atlanta Braves for his contract that he signed in 1983. Jeez. And I think Atlanta with how that deal was backloaded, ended up paying him almost $86 million in interest. So, I'm just saying. uh, Well played. Yeah, Bobby ain't got to worry about retirement ever, 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 ever. Uh, Man, we got into the Bo Jackson conversation yesterday, too, while we were at the game. Uh, Some of these younger kids, you know, they're like, who's the best athlete you ever saw? And I was like, hands down, Bo Jackson. Period. Better than prime time, anybody. You know, he's the best I ever saw. And I said, if he didn't mess his hip up in that Bengals game, We'd be seeing an NFL Hall of Famer and an MLB Hall of Famer in the form of Bo Jackson, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, I just, uh, man, we talked so much sports yesterday, and I kind of got me fired up to come here. But man, we're glad you're still listening. We're glad to be back, getting an episode out, and I promise you, uh, Mark is kind of uh, whether he wants to or not. The commissioner's kind of turned into the lead on this because he he went out to LA and met those believe guys. So he's going to get them on the horn and we're going to throw this, uh, pitch this new thing to them. I'm sure they're going to love it because really all they just want is content, good, consistent content. And, and that's the, you said it right there. It's the, the consistency for us too. It's, it's painful to, to, to go on a good run and then life step in and, and, and throw you some speed bumps and, and derail you. And then it's like, 
it's very demoralizing and not to complain. Everybody has their own shit that comes up in life. So it's not a complaint thing, but this is something that like is, is fun. This is a creative outlet. This is like, this is, it's good. And we, uh, man, I listen to it. The feedback that I get from people that, that do listen to it, they, that they like it, they enjoy it, and we we talk about stuff from a fan perspective, and you don't you don't get a lot of that. And the more and more I listen to sports talk radio now, um, the, it, we came in talking about how we wanted to we wanted to I, perfect is not the right word, but we wanted to give you know the people what they want and give you more sports. And you know I get the uh, social commentary and you know current events and pop culture stuff that's always going to pop up, and that is that's. That that is kind of what makes the the podcast or it just any like live radio or entertainment makes it fun because you, you're not stuck to to a specific script. You you give yourself some sort of outline. You 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 want to talk about <coughs> certain things and certain teams, and then you know conversations just go how they go. And that's you know you and I have known each other for a long time, so our conversations are are natu- naturally go in different directions. Because on top of the fact that we're talking about stuff that we each know about we also have we also have an extensive amount of memories with one another like remember that time this happened so that's the fun part about it but when you listen to it on the radio it, it's a lot of a lot of just like specifically talking about stuff that doesn't doesn't pertain to sports and and, and other stuff and it's just i don't know sometimes it feels so forced and what we really want to do is just make yeah, man, three hours on Friday is going to be so great, and I can't even tell you how many how many highs and lows of the roller coaster you're going to get because we're going to go in so many different directions. But um, you know what it boils down to is that we believe in Atlanta sports, like the, it's the name of the show. That's yep. we we truly truly believe in them. You know whether whether the records are good or bad or or whatnot. We we just want to be. And I, we're not always the most positive people either. When bad things happen, we're there with you. What we don't do though is we don't we don't live in negativity. We don't we don't stay there because it's easier to bitch about everything. Um, but if if things suck, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk with you about it. Um, we just we just really can't we can't live in the place where you know just bitching and complaining all the time is is the narrative. That's not us. And 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 the and the drama. Like with some of the fans, we just don't don't do that. Like it's just like I said, uh, we're not alone. But you and I very much appreciate the game. How players and coaches and managers appreciate the game. You know, like I understood that. Yes, Marcelo Zuna is sucking right now, and and I think maybe the writing is on the wall. But guess what? His players, his his teammates, his coaches, the organization stood behind him. Kept running him out there, and sure enough, he woke up. And what a June he had, him and Rosario both. So, you know, I always and, – and we had that conversation yesterday too. I said, when a guy sucks at the plate, you don't bench him. You get him more looks. You get him more ABs. You know, everybody was wondering, you know, is all oh, Harris is he – was, he was all flash, and it was a flash in the pan, his bat, his bat. You know, uh, second year, he's great in the field, but he can't hit anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, guess who's hitting again? Hitting is, listen to me cyclical sometimes you tear the cover off the ball sometimes you can't buy a base hit with all the money you have it's just how it goes so but again I'm not done with that so done with trying to deal with the uneducated kind of dramatic fans that don't uh, and I get it it's it's it it's passion but it's like it's mis it's misdirected so we're just gonna keep showing up and and man I'm I'm pumped because now it's just like Friday night I don't have to worry about can I meet with Mark sometime during the week? What's the restaurant like? I, I'm not sure. Or, hey, am I going to get a call at five o'clock and it takes me an hour to fix this guy's computer? You know, because I'm in IT. Like I just don't know. And now I know when I get off work Friday, I got nothing. I'm off work. I'm free the whole night. There is nothing planned. So it's going to be cool. I'm excited about getting this producer in here. I think we have two possible candidates, is what you were telling me. I, I don't know either one of them. But I'm excited about that. I'm excited about getting you guys being able to call in to the show and interact with the show and we do it live. And because we're doing the thing on Friday night, it, it takes out our obligations for trying to put podcasts out. So I think it's going to be great. I think everybody's going to be happy. You're going to get more Believe in Atlanta sports and more of us on TV. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. See, that's what I want to do 
is I want to get uh, this thing good enough to where they put us on uh, one of their uh, streaming shows because they're everywhere now. Believe is everywhere now. If you don't know who they are, it's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. They're out of Los Angeles, California. Bron Husenstam, he uh, went to USC, former pro surfer. This 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 company has gotten huge, and I feel uh, I'm I'm glad that we're still able to work with them. I hope one day we work for them, but we can't do it without you guys. So please keep tuning in. Please give us feedback. Let us know what you think. But it's coming soon. We promise. We promise it's coming soon. We are going to nail this thing down and get back in a groove and start bringing you some some good stuff on a Friday night. And if you miss it, guess what? You got all next week to catch up and see what you miss. But until then. It's good to be back. It's always fun to come in here and crank one out. But we got to run. But I'm telling you, hang with us. It's a difficult process. It's, launching a podcast is not uh, easy work uh, when you're, like I said, when you've when you got grown stuff going on in life. But we're still here. We're still swinging. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're not going to give up until ever. Yeah, ever. Ever. We're ever. going to keep coming back and keep putting out material as much as possible. I'm not going to say that every Friday night, because as soon as I say that, something's going to happen. Yeah, you know, so just knocking on wood. Knocking but on wood. anyway, I'm rambling. I'm prattling on now. But I just we just wanted to come get you a show in and get you some info and let you know that we finally brainstormed and we and we like this format. We like this idea. We think it's going to be great for everybody, for us, for you, to uh, be out there in your face more often and have you be able to interact with us and. And uh, we're not going to be stressing as much about, oh, my God, we got to put out a podcast. We haven't done one in a while. You know, Nick from Believe is going to tell us we don't we can't podcast him anymore. It's stressful because, again, this is fun. Uh, we've set out to do this with the state of sports many years ago, God, five or six years ago now. So uh, we're still looking for that winning formula, and I think this is a piece of it. But until that first live show, you guys be good. Love one another. Be kind. Go dogs, Go Braves. We may be staring at down the barrel at a couple more titles, and uh, then we're officially putting in the paperwork to change the name to Wintersville, USA, instead of Atlanta. But other than that, guys, we love you. We got to go. Do you believe? 